Friday, May 4th, 2018. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from the Mile High City. It is a very, very wet Mile High City these days. We are right here in Denver, Colorado. You know, we get together every single weekday. We talk sports. Hopefully, we can bring you a dose of common sense. Hopefully, we can maybe make you smile once or twice. And we are very, very happy to have you here with us today. Like I said, it is a wet Mile High City today. Getting a lot of water here in Colorado. And it's not the snow variety. Like, we're kind of used to snow. You can tell spring is in the air. Gotten a little bit of rain over the last few days. It's a little more wet than we're used to here in Denver, but, you know, we'll adjust. We'll get used to it. Hey, happy Friday to you. Can you believe we made it to another Friday? Always good to start off that Friday, isn't it? Got a little more pep in your step on Fridays. We'll pay for it on Monday, but, like, right now, got to feel pretty good. We made it to Friday. We made it through another week. Always good. Got a good weekend. We have a good weekend of sports we're going to preview. I mean, we got Cinco de Mayo tomorrow. We've got Cuatro de Mayo today. We've got Seis de Mayo On Sunday, I mean, we've got a lot of things going this weekend is what I'm trying to say. Hey, if you'd like to contact us and let us know what you might be doing this weekend, we'd love to hear from you. Hit us up on email, dailydosesports at gmail.com, or you can go over and find us on Facebook or Twitter. Both of those handles are at dailydosesports. Maybe you have a question. Maybe you've got a comment. Maybe you have like the best idea ever for a Daily Dose Top 5. Hey, how am I ever going to know if you don't send it to me? I'll be glad to give you the credit. Like, I'll name you by name if you'd like. Feel free to send that over to us, though. We'd love to hear what you have to say. Hey, today on the show, got a number of things to get to. Do have a little bit of breaking news. And we do also have that weekend preview where we take a look forward and kind of see what you might want to kind of tune in for this weekend. It's a pretty good weekend in sports. Like I said, there's a number of things going on. We'll be talking about that. Plus, as we do every single Friday, We will have our Daily Dose Top 5, you know, a staple of the show since it began. You never know which way the Top 5 is going to go. I don't have control over it. I just hold on for dear life, and it just kind of takes me wherever it wants to go. But you do need to make sure that you stick around for that. A couple things coming out in the world of breaking news. First off, it is official. We had been hearing for a number of days now that it was a maybe and that it sounded like probably, but we weren't quite sure. But it is official Tight end Jason Witten is retiring from the Dallas Cowboys, and he's going to join ESPN as an analyst for Monday Night Football. Sounds like Witten was wrestling with the decision this past week. Sounded like he was going back and forth a number of times. He was still thinking about playing his record 16th season for the Cowboys. Or did he want to get out, make his jump now? There's a job opening at Monday Night Football right now. Hey, those job openings don't come very often. He had informed owner and general manager Jerry Jones. He had told head coach Jason Garrett of his decision. And sources said that he actually leaned pretty heavily on Jerry Jones in coming to his decision. Now, Witten turns 36 on Sunday. You know, he was an 11-time Pro Bowler. And right now, he is fourth all-time in receptions. I mean, Jason Witten, there's no question he is a Hall of Famer. No doubt about it. But it has to hurt a little bit, doesn't it? That with the talent that the Cowboys had in this past era with Tony Romo and Jason Witten and Des Bryant, that era that has now passed, name their most memorable win. Yeah, I can't either. I have no idea. Like, that's kind of tough because that's a talented group. Didn't seem like they ever had a full team. Didn't seem like they could ever pull together 
and get that one win that you were just like, oh man, remember that one though? Like that was a great win. I don't know. I mean, they never really did anything in the postseason. Just couldn't get it all together. It seemed like, you know, one thing, and I'm already hearing this, and I know we're not doing sports overreactions, but do we have to already start hearing about the, is Jason Witten a first ballot Hall of Famer? Who cares? We all know he's going to get into the Hall of Fame. If it takes him one, if it takes him two, do we really need to argue about that kind of silly stuff? He's going to get in. We know that. Jason Witten will be in Canton someday. He just put up huge, insane numbers. He's going to get in. I don't really care if it's first ballot or not. Probably will be, but I don't care. Got another story for you that a little bit leery about uh, telling you this one, because this one's a little bit strange. Okay, let me lay this out for you. Hold on for dear life. A New Jersey school superintendent was arrested earlier this week when officials discovered that he had been defecating on a high school football field on a daily basis, according to police. What? Thomas Tramoglini, 42 years old, was charged with lewdness, littering, and defecating in public, police said yesterday. The Kenilworth School superintendent was arrested after surveillance video caught him in the act at Homedale High School's football field. Authorities began hunting for the mystery pooper after Homedale High School staff and coaches for the football and track team reported they kept finding human feces on or near the field like every single day. <gasps> and then Tramoglini was actually arrested while running on the field's track just before 6 a.m. on Monday. He has taken a paid absence from his job. Hey, this is not a garbage job. Dude was making like 150000 bucks a year as the district superintendent. Hey, this makes no sense. Like this guy had to like short circuit or something, right? Who knows what's going through his mind? Why in the world he would do that? I mean, he had a good job in a pretty good situation. It sounds like who knows what happened? Like something had to have snapped. Something had to have gone wrong for him to go down this bizarre and disgusting path. Like what happened to him? And now you wonder, I mean, he probably threw his career away, a career in education that I'm sure he worked very hard to get, probably just threw that away just doing something kind of nuts. But, you know, it doesn't mean he can't have a happy career. I mean, the Cleveland Browns could sign him. They put crap out on the field every single week. Hey, coming back, we will be previewing a pretty good weekend in the world of sports. There's going to be some really good things for you to watch on Cuatro de Mayo and Cinco de Mayo and Seis de Mayo. I'm telling you that right now. Plus, we will have to get to our Daily Dose Top 5. You got to make sure that you stick around for that. So, you know, we do this every single week. We take a look at some of the upcoming events over the weekend because, you know, you've got a lot of things to do. You've got to clean out your garage. You've got to clean out your basement. Maybe you have a project you're working on. You've got chores to run. You've got to get the kids or the grandkids or maybe yourself to games or sports or whatever it might be. You've got a lot of things to do. So what we do here at The Daily Dose is we keep you up on the best things to tune in for over your weekend. That way, you kind of know Hey, you know what? I remembered hearing this on Daily Dose, but Friday afternoon, I need to be near a TV so I can at least maybe watch some of this. Or there was that one game and I forgot about it, but it's going to be on Sunday morning. I want to tune in for that. And when we do this preview, we do also pick the games. We do our best to try to get them right, see if we can make a decent prediction and see how we do each week. For the record, though, we don't pick easy games. Like we just kind of throw out the best games to watch and then we just kind of pick those and see how we do 
every single week. It's just about self-challenge, right? We're just trying to see if we could, I don't know, maybe somehow beat Vegas. Kind of keep a running tally of that. So we pick the games that are worth watching. It's not easy, but we do it for you. So let's see how we're going to do this week. Remember, all times that I give you are mountain time zone. So calculate accordingly so that you can make sure that you see things. Hey, there is a lot to watch tonight on Friday. First off, I can't believe I'm saying this. Uh, there are actually some pretty good baseball matchups that might be worth your time to watch. What? I'll give you a minute. I'll give you a minute so you can get back in your chair. I know. I can't believe I said it either. But we have some decent baseball to watch. Starting tonight at 5 p.m., we have the Cleveland Indians facing the New York Yankees in a three-game series. In this series that runs through Sunday, the Cleveland Indians, hey, their pitching staff is responsible for how good they've been so far. And then we have the New York Yankees whose hitting lineup is really starting to roll. They are starting to look very, very scary. And, you know, they need to keep winning so that they can keep pace with the Boston Red Sox, who are still playing very, very well. Nice American League matchup here. I will take the Yankees to win the series, but Indians versus Yankees, that's a pretty good matchup to start off the weekend. Also at 5 p.m., we have the Tampa Bay Lightning versus the Boston Bruins in their Stanley Cup playoff game four. You know, the Tampa Bay Lightning took a two-to-one series lead on Wednesday night in Boston. And that game, like, it got a little chippy. There were a few fights. It was a pretty physical game. Tampa has a ton of depth, and they can score with a number of different lines. They're getting really good goalie play, and they're beating Boston right now. But you know Boston is going to come out tonight. They are going to scrap and tie this thing back up. I'm going to take Boston at home to win game four. At 6 p.m., we've got the Golden State Warriors versus the New Orleans Pelicans in game three in their NBA playoff game. Hey, the Warriors managed to win both of their games at home. They got game one and game two. That's actually not the bad news for New Orleans, believe it or not. Again, we've talked about this. The home team is supposed to win their home games, right? So, hey, you lost both games, big deal. But the bad news is, in game two, the New Orleans Pelicans, they might have played about as well as they can. And they still wasn't enough. They still lost. I mean, Miritich had 18. Anthony Davis had 25. Rajon Rondo had 22. Drew Holiday had 24. It still wasn't enough. That's not a good sign if you're in New Orleans. And you know, Steph Curry, I know we talk about Durant. I know we talk about Draymond and we talk, Steph Curry, he just gives those Warriors just this other level that I'm not sure if any other team has. Steph Curry being back, he just changes them. And I know they're loaded even without him, but man, with him, he just changes the way the Warriors look. I'll take the Warriors tonight. I think that they'll be okay. They are probably going to go up 3 nothing At 8 p.m. tonight, we've got another good Major League Baseball matchup. This one starts tonight and goes all weekend too. And this could possibly be better than the first one. I know, surprising. The National League West leading Arizona Diamondbacks are hosting the defending World Series champions, the Houston Astros, in what I guess we could look at, maybe, possibly, as a way too early World Series preview, can we? I mean, you could say both of these teams might be the best team in their league. We'll see what happens. But we have a little interleague play going tonight, and it might be worth watching baseball in May. I'll take Houston to win the series, but... I think this is going to be a very, very fun series for May baseball. That's not too bad. 
At 8.30 tonight, we've got another NBA playoff game. We've got game three of the Houston Rockets versus the Utah Jazz. You know, the Utah Jazz managed to steal game two in Houston on Wednesday night after they jumped on top big early, and then they had to hold on for dear life late. But you know, Houston versus Utah, this series is getting really, really interesting. We had a little bit of arguing between teams, kind of getting a little bit physical. Utah actually pulls the upset. You know, this might end up being better than at least I originally thought. You know, there's always the question when you have a Mike D'Antoni coach team in the Houston Rockets, can you continue the success that you have had all season in the postseason? Because when you reach the postseason, teams take a lot of the things away that you've been doing. They take away that transition. They hustle back on defense. You're going to have to execute in the half court again and again. And sometimes Mike D'Antoni teams have struggled in the postseason when they get to that level. I think Houston gets the game tonight, but this should be a very interesting game. And I think it's going to be a very, very interesting series. Houston versus Utah, 830 tonight. Moving on to Saturday at 3 p.m., we've got the Boston Celtics now going to Philadelphia to face the 76ers in their Eastern Conference NBA playoff series. Hey, I love what Boston is doing with young guys like Jason Tatum, Terry Rozier stepping up and playing huge minutes. We saw last night. They come from down 22 in the first half. They beat the Sixers in game two. But at the end of the day, they just held court. They won the two games they were supposed to win. Now the series shifts to Philadelphia. We'll see if Philadelphia can bounce back. Can they get a win? Because now there is pressure on these young Sixers to pick up two wins in their home building. See if they can do it. I'm going to take the Sixers in game three. Not sure I'm real confident about that pick, though. At 4.30 on Saturday, we have the 144th renewal of the greatest two minutes in sports in Louisville, Kentucky. Yes, we have the Kentucky Derby running on Saturday. You know, the field is going to have 20 horses in it. The purse is about $2 million. Now, the coverage for this race starts, I don't know, probably in a few minutes. <laughs> but the actual race doesn't start until tomorrow, 4.30 p.m. Now, here's the thing. With the Kentucky Derby, you can literally tune in for like five minutes. You'll see like a minute of pregame. You'll see the race and you'll see a minute of the postgame. Like you see way more than you need to if you only watch it for five minutes. Tomorrow, 4.30, tune in for the Kentucky Derby. You know, they say that justifies the favorite. But I mean, people who actually know horse racing and that kind of thing, they're saying that there are about seven, eight horses that have a legitimate chance of winning the Kentucky Derby tomorrow. I don't have any idea, but we'll see what happens. You know, whoever wins the Kentucky Derby immediately just launches right up there and be like, can they win the Triple Crown again? Could they win two more races? You know that's coming. We just don't know which horse it's going to be. But apparently, it's a pretty competitive field. So we'll keep an eye on the Kentucky Derby. Moving on at 5 p.m., we've got a Stanley Cup playoff series that is actually pretty good. We've got the Pittsburgh Penguins going to Washington to face the Capitals for Game 5. You know, the Penguins tied this series up last night with a 3-1 to win. We know how important Game 5s can be in a Game 7 series. Now, as a rule, Washington teams don't do well with huge stakes on the line, right? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take Pittsburgh in this game. Pretty decent game. 5 p.m. on Saturday night, though. 
Then at 6.30, I guess we have the Toronto Raptors who are supposed to play the Cleveland Cavaliers in the third game of their NBA playoff series. But at this point, I'm not even sure Toronto's going to show up. Like someone needs to issue an Amber Alert for Serge Ibaka. He seems to want nothing to do with this series. You know, I figured the Raptors would find a way to lose to the Cleveland Cavaliers. I just expected to see, I don't know, some fight. I don't see any fight. This, this is why you're the Toronto Raptors. Because you do things like this in the postseason. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take the Cavaliers in that one. Saturday night, we do have some HBO boxing as we get Gennady Golovkin. No, not versus Canelo Alvarez. Versus Vanis Matarosian for Golovkin's middleweight title. Well, this is a huge letdown, isn't it? Remember, this was supposed to be the second time Gennady Golovkin whooped Canelo Alvarez, but this time we were kind of hoping that the judges wouldn't smoke crack before they judged the fight. (laughs) But then, of course, Canelo ate some bad meat and he failed his drug test twice. And by ate some bad meat, I mean he mainlined clenbuterol into his veins in hopes of either getting stronger so that he could beat Golovkin or getting caught so he wouldn't have to fight Golovkin. Eh, kind of funny how that all worked out, isn't it? Hey, Vanus Matarosian is not a horrible fighter. He's not. Like, I've seen him fight a couple times. He's a competitive fighter, but he hasn't fought in like two years. He's certainly not on the level of Gennady Golovkin. Now, you might think... We talked about this a little on the dose. I am not particularly pleased with boxing and this whole thing because I wanted to see Golovkin versus Canelo again. You might think I would boycott this fight, but I'm not going to. I'm going to tune in. I'm going to watch it, and I'll tell you why. Because Triple G didn't do anything wrong except for not knocking out Canelo, which would have put a stop to all this foolishness. But I'm not going to hold that against Golovkin. He went out. He won the fight. He went out, he gave the rematch, he went out, he trained for the rematch, and he didn't cheat. So I'm going to watch this fight, and I'm going to cheer for Golovkin. We'll see if he ends up fighting Canelo again. I would hope he wouldn't even give him the fight, but you know it's such a big payday. How do you walk away from that? Finally, we move forward to Sunday. You know, on Sunday, the Wells Fargo Championship from Quail Hollow in Charlotte, it started yesterday, and Sunday's going to be the grand finale. Tiger Woods is back from a much-needed break. You could see he was starting to wear down at the Masters. Any chance that we could see him being maybe just a little bit competitive here at the Wells Fargo Championship? I doubt it. But, I mean, I'm hoping. I'm hoping he'll be competitive because it makes golf, you know, interesting and watchable and that kind of thing. Now, on Sunday, 1.30, we've got Game 4 between the Golden State Warriors and the New Orleans Pelicans. Could the Warriors be going for a sweep here? Yeah, it's possible. You know, depending on what happens tonight, you would think that the Pelicans, though, could win one game, wouldn't you? I don't know that they can win the game tonight. You would think on Sunday, back against the wall, maybe they win one. Golden State starting to get rolling, starting to look more and more like the Golden State Warrior team we have seen the past couple years. And at 6 p.m. on Sunday night, we will finish out the weekend with what could be, like we talked about earlier, a much tighter series than anyone expected as the Houston Rockets and Utah Jazz will play game four of their NBA playoff series. Hey, I think Utah can win at least one of these games at home. I don't know if they will, but I think they're more than capable of winning one of these games at home. If they do, Houston and Utah is going to a three-game series to see who goes to the Western Conference Finals. 
I'll take the Jazz on Sunday night, take the Rockets tonight. I think this is going to be a much more interesting series than we expected. Hey, Utah, they play really, really good defense, and they are not afraid of Houston. I will give them that. We've got a pretty good weekend of sports, though. That's a pretty interesting weekend. A lot of things for you to watch. Make sure you tune in for a number of those. Should be a lot of fun. Hey, coming back, we need to get to our Daily Dose Top 5. You know, the Cleveland Browns surprised some people last week when they made Oklahoma quarterback Baker Mayfield, a guy that stands right about six feet tall, the top pick in the entire draft process. Now, can he be a good quarterback in the NFL? Sure. Yeah, I think he can. But it has not proven to be easy for smaller quarterbacks to be great in the NFL. Hey, just a quick reminder, if you've got any shopping that you might need to do, and you might want to hurry up, because Mother's Day is coming very, very quickly, and let's be real clear, you have no idea what you're getting mom, do you? So you might want to head over to lootcrate.com forward slash daily dose, where you can find the latest pop culture collectibles that feature your favorite TV shows, your favorite movies, and your favorite video games. May's Loot Crate theme, it's called Role Models. It features items from Arrested Development, from Archer, from Deadpool, and from The Punisher. But if you're not interested in any of those franchises, go over to Loot Crate because you can find just about any franchise and just about any item that you can think of. The best part about ordering from Loot Crate, when you check out, make sure that you type Daily Dose in the coupon box. We are going to get you 10% off of your order. Just make sure when you sign the card to mom, that you just kind of say a little note in there about the Daily Dose. Hey, and also the Daily Dose helped pitch in 10%. We would appreciate that. Mom's going to love it. We're going to love it here at the Daily Dose. We do what we can to take care of our listeners. Now, as we do every single week, we have got to get to our Daily Dose top five. Like we talked about, the Cleveland Browns, hey, they surprised some people. When Roger Goodell read out Baker Mayfield as the top pick of the 2018 NFL Draft, with the first pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Wow. Oklahoma. It is Baker Mayfield. A lot of people were shocked. I was very, very surprised. I didn't think they'd actually do it. I thought they'd go with a more safe pick. That's not what they did. Baker Mayfield, he's not a big guy. He's not the prototypical sized NFL quarterback. Now, if we look back... At the last 20 years of NFL drafts, quarterbacks drafted in the first round, they've kind of followed one specific pattern. They've all been tall. Like they've all been six foot three or taller. There have been over 60 quarterbacks drafted in the first round. If we go back to 1996, here is a list of quarterbacks under six three that were selected in the first round of the NFL draft since then. Teddy Bridgewater. He was only 6'2". Of course, Johnny Manziel, Robert Griffin, we remember those guys. Jake Locker was only 6'2". Christian Ponder. Matt Stafford, he's a shade over 6'2", but he's right there. Mark Sanchez, 6'2". Aaron Rodgers, 6'1", and doing a lot with that 6'1". J.P. Lossman. Rex Grossman. David Carr. Donovan McNabb. Achilles Smith. Cade McNabb. Do you see anything in common with all these guys? All under 6'3". When you look at quarterbacks of the smaller variety, I mean, there's not that many that have been great. Today on the Daily Dose, we are going to count down the top five best NFL quarterbacks that were six foot and under. 
because there's not that many of them. You could see by that list. Yeah, there's a number that have been misses, not hits. Starting off with number five. Five. Coming in at six foot even. And no, he was never as good as we all thought he should be. But he did keep defensive coordinators up late at night preparing for him because Michael Vick ran a ridiculous 4.340 in his NFL Pro Day. And the Atlanta Falcons then took the Virginia quarterback with the first pick of the 2001 NFL Draft. The problem is that the game, I think it almost came too easy for Michael Vick. He could run past your starting cornerbacks. He could launch the ball like 50 yards. He just flicked his wrist. But I don't know that he ever truly dedicated himself to learning the game, to understanding coverages. He would struggle against complex defensive schemes. Now, he did manage somehow to take the Falcons all the way to the NFC Championship game in 2002. But of course, they lost to the Philadelphia Eagles. And then it all started to kind of unravel because we had the whole dogfighting thing and went to jail and returned and he was never quite as good as he had been. Still, you can't deny at just six foot tall, Michael Vick was absolutely electric when he was in his prime for his career. Mike Vick threw for over 22,000 yards. He rushed for over 6,000 yards and he was responsible for over 160 touchdowns. Pretty good career for Michael Vick. No, not great, but pretty good. And again, only six feet tall. Moving on to number four. You know, when he came out in 2012, there were a number of critics of this guy. He's too short. He'll never be able to throw over the line of scrimmage. But Russell Wilson had played at both North Carolina State and at Wisconsin in college. He had proven to be a pretty resourceful guy. He wasn't necessarily a runner, but he would use his legs to buy time and he would evade the pass rush while still looking downfield. I think the biggest key for Russell Wilson and one thing that separates him from maybe some of those other quarterbacks, he doesn't usually take big hits. Of course, Russell Wilson was selected by the Seattle Seahawks in the third round of the NFL draft in 2012, he was drafted behind Andrew Luck, Robert Griffin, Ryan Tannehill, Brandon Whedon, and yes, Brock freaking Osweiler. <gasps> hey, Russell Wilson is 65, 30, and 1 as a starter. He's been to two Super Bowls. He won one of them. He should have won another one, if not for committing maybe the dumbest play in Super Bowl history. And for that... We only put Russell Wilson at number four. And he is only 5'11". Moving on to number three. three. Now, you might remember his boiler of a gut more than his height. But Sonny Jurgensen was only 5'11". Still, it doesn't matter. He's still one of the best passers to ever play the game. You know, Sonny Jurgensen was drafted in the fourth round of the 1957 draft by the Philadelphia Eagles. He came out of Duke, but Jurgensen had the misfortune of never really playing for great teams. He sat behind Bobby Thompson and Norm Van Brocklin in Philadelphia before they finally traded him to Washington. But he played for those awful 60s Washington teams. His record as a starter was just 69, 71, and 7. Didn't win that many games. But Sonny Jurgensen threw for over 32,000 yards and he had 255 touchdowns. Hey, Sonny Jurgensen... Not a big guy, but he was ahead of his time in the way that he threw the ball around the field. Sonny Jurgensen was pretty good. He comes in at number three. Now, our number two entry. 
He is easily one of the most underrated quarterbacks to ever play the game. Why? Because he never won a Super Bowl. And we know that is the only true measure of a quarterback. Well, except for sometimes when it doesn't fit our narrative. But other than that, that's the only way you can really measure a quarterback. But Fran Tarkington played 18 seasons in the NFL and he could do it all. He threw for a crazy 47,000 yards in his career. He had 342 touchdowns. He took the Minnesota Vikings to four Super Bowls, but the Vikings lost every one of them. So Tarkenton is considered to be like a tier below the greats. Hey, that's BS. Put him in today's game, he would go crazy. When Fran Tarkenton retired in 1978, he owned basically every passing record that there was. He was so elusive. He was so athletic and he could throw the football so accurately. Hey, he might have only been six foot tall. Height meant nothing to Fran Tarkington. He's one of the best quarterbacks ever. Yes, I will include the ones who won Super Bowls ever. Fran Tarkington, pretty amazing. So if I've got Fran Tarkington number two, who in the world could I put ahead of him as the greatest quarterback that is six foot tall or less? Hey, let's be real clear. I could put Tarkington and this guy at 1A and 1B. But instead of putting Tarkington at 1, I put the guy who broke a bunch of Tarkington's record just an eyelash ahead of him. But I could be swayed easily because the game today is different from when Fran played. Much, much different. Our number one entry. He left college as one of the most decorated players in Big Ten history. He was drafted by the San Diego Chargers. He spent his first five seasons down in Southern California, but he had that brutal shoulder injury and it put his career in question. So the San Diego Chargers let him walk. They drafted Phillip Rivers and Drew Brees eventually ended up in New Orleans. Somehow led a franchise known for being inept to a Super Bowl victory. Along the way, Drew Brees has proven Height is not a determining factor for an NFL quarterback if he can be so incredibly accurate. Think of these numbers. Drew Brees has thrown for 70,000 yards, nearly 500 touchdowns. He doesn't hit you in the numbers with his football. He hits the corner of your eight or he hits that little patch on your shoulder commemorating, you know, some event. Drew Brees tears up opposing defenses Every single year, he's still playing at a very, very high level. Hey, can Baker Mayfield be a great quarterback in the NFL? Sure he can. No question. He has, at times, been a very accurate quarterback. If he can keep his head on straight, and maybe more important, can he get any help in Cleveland? If so, he could improve. He could become a bona fide NFL quarterback. But you can see, this list we just put together, that's pretty elite company. They say that height doesn't matter, but you've got to be pretty special to succeed at this level. Hey, I'm rooting for Baker Mayfield. I truly am. It's not going to be easy. He had better have his head on straight because these NFL defenses, they will be coming after him and he's not the biggest guy. Going to be a lot of fun to see how Baker Mayfield ends up. Can he somehow break into a list like this someday? Hey, it is Friday. We made it through another week. Next week, we will be back to discuss all of the happenings over the weekend. We will keep you up on the latest and greatest in the world of sports. Hey, I want to thank all of you for listening to The Daily Dose every single day. I hope you are enjoying the show. Thank you for listening. 
Thank you for reaching out. Thank you so much for sharing the show. Thank you for subscribing to the show wherever you listen. Make sure that you do that so you're sure not to miss a single episode. Have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all on Monday. Have a great weekend.